0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Climate change is a frightening and depressing topic for adults. So how do you teach children about the importance of sustainability without scaring their socks off? Wendy Boyd is a Senior Lecturer in the School of Education at Southern Cross University. She's got a few ideas on how we can teach children about the environment, not only without scaring them, but by empowering them. Hi, Wendy. How are you? Well, thanks, Siobhan. How are you? Good, thank you. So what is the trick in educating small children about protecting the environment without scaring them about why we have to protect the environment? (laughs) That's
1: an interesting question and it's the best thing to do is to take children into the environment and to help them to develop understanding about the environment so that they're not actually scared of the environment. I think a lot of children these days spend a lot of their time completely in artificial environments and we really need to give them the experience of being in the natural environment so that they begin to develop Um, an understanding that this isn't to be feared. This is actually a place where I can begin to understand and I am part of this as well.
0: How did teaching children about sustainability become a part of the early learning framework? So I guess for want of a better word, it's like a curriculum for early learning. There's guidelines that all childcare centres are meant to follow. How did teaching sustainability become a part of that?
1: My experience goes back to my time when I was at Queensland University of Technology working with Professor Julie Davis and she was a, um, a groundbreaker in this area. She first started publishing information about early childhood education for sustainability. So she um, started doing that and I did some um, research with her back in the mid-2000s, about 2006, about water awareness with young children and she'd done some earlier work in early childhood settings as well. So I would attribute that to her. And so I've been working in that field myself um, without it being part of the curriculum, which it only has been in the last 10 years. The evidence is showing that the planet is not doing well under what we're doing to it as humans. And so it's the children's future that we're looking after. And we, the children really need to learn, a, develop a deep understanding about how to look after it as well. And from starting at a really early age, they can become um, really good protagonists, I suppose, for the environment. And they get it. They, you know, you you do it with them and they just go, yeah, well, this is what we do. It becomes second nature to them, whereas I think for adults that haven't been brought up like that, then it's harder for them to develop a deeper understanding about well, why are we recycling and what does that mean and where does the stuff go that we do sort into different bins anyway I've seen both happen, I've seen children embrace um, the world of recycling, having worked with them for 25 years and then I've, and I've worked with adults in the same settings who have really resisted that change and I think it's because um, you know it's quite a political thing, there's it's, An attitude in our our society that there has been anyway that you know you don't do things like that, that's just for greenies or for hippies or for alternative people. You know, it's not mainstream. Where I hope that it is becoming more and more mainstream now because you
0: know
1: the uh, statistics aren't good for the planet, really.
0: And and what kind of impact can small children have on the wider world? Because I know there are a lot of early education um, centres out there who start projects with children. Mm. Is there a ripple effect from that kind of work that children are doing?
1: One would hope so. Um, That needs to be studied a bit more, I think. I don't think the research is um, conclusive in that area, but certainly in small-scale studies, my experience is that children do take home from the early childhood settings what they've learnt there, And it has influenced um, the family's um, practices at home with regards to recycling and saving energy and so on. But then I've also heard that when these children get to school, that those sorts of practices aren't um, being enforced. And so it's schools, and I know there's primary schools in my local area that still have just one bin. They don't even have... Um, separate bins for the rubbish, you know, for children to sort the rubbish. So all the things that children are learning at early childhood settings, they get to primary school and it's like, well, where do I put this? I don't, you know, and do I put it in here with, do I put my sandwich scraps in here with the plastic? So um, there needs to be ongoing change that's made throughout our um, society to ensure that there is a, a really good ripple effect
0: as well. And do children themselves develop any skills um, when they get involved in sustainability projects? You know, you could say with creativity they learn the ability to think laterally when we embrace that kind of environment for them when they're very young. Are there any specific skills that you think small children get out of being involved with sustainability projects? They're huge skills. They're skills about life, like For example, if they're caring for a vegetable garden, they can
1: see the cycle of life. They're learning about science. They can see that, you know, you plant a seed that grows into a seedling. Um, What happens if we don't water it? What happens if it's in a dark place? And then, lo and behold, if we do care for it by um, giving it sunshine and water and weeding it, then it produces um, fruits or vegetables or whatever you've planted. And then it will die. So the, the whole cycle of life is actually enacted for children and they develop this understanding, well, this is what happens, you know. And also if you're caring for, say, a, a bird that's you know, crashed into your window or something, then you can help that child to develop the skills of how to care for that, put it in a box and um, cover it and take it to the vet and, you know, do whatever you need to do so that they can develop skills about, well, they're part of this web of life.
0: And how about parents? Can we be good role models for them in this area <laughs> without, you know, joining a commune and <laughs> building ourselves an earth house?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, certainly going around and switching off um, lights, extra lights in, the, um, in your home, doing all those things like, you know, recycling your rubbish, sorting your rubbish, composting as much as possible. Um, taking action with saving energy, saving water, uh, walking, uh, cycling instead of driving your car when it's um, not too distant, you know, those sorts of things provide really good role models for children and they grow up seeing that and that's part of their life and that's the best way for children to learn is the first five years of their life, those sorts of habits.
0: Um, when Speaking of role modelling, uh, recently there have been quite a few protests where children have gone to protests about mm. climate change and, and protesting against the lack of action on the parts mm. of politicians. There's been a lot of criticism of parents mm. for taking their kids to those sorts of protests or letting kids have mm. time off school to go to those sorts of protests. What do you think about that whole situation? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's uh,
1: interesting that those children are feeling that, strongly that they want to do, um, that they want to protest like um, the girl from Finland, Gunther Flamberg, is that her name? Greta Flamberg, and she's really leading that and she's saying now she's getting like death threats and things like that, which is just ridiculous. But um, I'm not sure that missing out on a few hours of school is going, and what they're actually going to learn by engaging in those protests. It's interesting to reflect upon what those children will be learning by either going to those protests or not going to those protests, like staying in school. I am I just think it's an interesting um, activity that's taking place and it's interesting that they feel like they're feel like they have to do that but also clearly the parents are there behind them supporting them to do that as well and small parents, children
0: though do you think that it's a place for small children to be at protest do you have any reasons oh, why it wouldn't be
1: no i don't have any reason why they shouldn't do that so long as it's safe of course and that they're with um adults who are going to care for them while they're there it can be quite an interesting experience i know that as an early childhood teacher there was times when um, this is another different topic of course but there was times when we were encouraged to strike for better wages and take children to some fun activities in a local park to show our support for early childhood educators being better paid you know that's and that wasn't a mm, i don't think that damaged the children in any way whatsoever and um I think if children are well cared for and it's explained to them what's actually happening, I don't think it will damage
0: them. Wendy, it's such an interesting topic. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're welcome. Thanks, Siobhan. That's Wendy Boyd. She's a senior lecturer in the School of Education at Southern Cross University. And Wendy wrote about this topic originally in The Conversation. We'll put links to that article in the notes of this episode.